0: Welcome to the Dad's Rank Things Podcast, a definitive ranking of the most indefinite things. From the commonsensical to the outright outrageous, just two dads speaking their minds. Or what's left of them.
1: Welcome to episode 15 of Dad's Ranked Things. I'm Jones. I'm Tyler, and today we're pretty close to Father's Day, so we wanted to do a list of the worst Father's Day gift ideas—something you shouldn't get dads, and that we don't want personally.
0: Yeah, personally, and uh, you know we we did this with Mother's Day, mm-hmm. so we thought we'd balance it out and do a uh, worst Father's Day gifts. So
1: even though it is the thought that counts, you need to think again if you give these gifts. So yes. uh, my number three is cologne. Oh yeah, yeah. Every dad has a bottle that's older than his oldest kid. I mean, those things seem to last forever. There's some sort of dark magic or something like that. So we don't need another bottle. And naturally, dads are smelly. Yeah. Uh, that's just nature, and, and we don't mind. We can't mind. help it. We yeah. don't
0: mind. Well, do do you have, like right now, do you have multiple cologne bottles? Like, okay. in, in your a person? Right, two. Oh. Not on me. But
1: at home, <laughs> oh, no, sorry, at yes. home. Did, I don't carry along with me. Sorry, yes, yes. <laughs> that's uh, two That would be home, weird. Yes. <laughs> two? Do, you, do you have an old one like, that you've been with? You, I mean, longer uh, than Tessie's been old, right? No, no,
0: like... Really? Uh, I actually, my my uh, family. This actually is a pretty repetitive
1: gift for me. I'm like an every. So you go through it pretty quick, then.
0: I'm like an every five months kind of guy. Just like I, douse I get, it. Yeah, I'm just gonna get new cologne. And so Father's Day, I'll put it on my worst. But I'll probably be getting it. So yeah. uh, you know, as long as you use it, I guess. I do. I use it. I use it. it uh, I do have like an in between suggestion. Maybe you, do, do you have you used the body spray? Like axe? Axe or uh, I think Old Spice has one
1: now. I used to use it when I'm in my early twenties, probably when I need to cover a lot of different odors.
0: That'd be a poll question. Do men over thirty still use body spray? Yeah. I would be a yes. I still do. It's my in between. If I'm out of cologne, I gotta grab something else. What about spray deodorant? Uh no, I, no. it cannot have the same power.
1: It's got a, it's gotta roll, right? Does it?
0: I don't think so can have the same power.
1: It's like sunscreen. You got to rub that lotion in, right? You got to reapply. I'm not
0: reapplying all day. <laughs> uh my number 3 is a, a Manny okay. Petty. Um I, look, I know that there's this weird sector of dads and guys out there that really enjoy having pristine hands and feet. Right. That's not me. Do you naturally have good stuff? I, I have soft hands, I have soft feet. Okay. that's because I'm soft I'm a very white collar person <laughs> I, just, I can't fix anything mm-hmm. I'm not handy uh, if I if I swing an axe I get a blister <laughs> um, but I, I'm talking like not even I don't your brute guys, I'm, I'm thinking, don't want the mani-pedi anyway.
1: Right, no, it's it's, just being uncomfortable. It's
0: your soft guys like me that want it, and yeah. I don't want it, so I, for me it's my number three.
1: I've been told naturally I have good nails, both on my feet and my oh, hands. My nice. wife says they're good nails, so yeah. while they might be stinky, at least they look good, right?
0: Yeah, in a non-sexual way, they're okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number two is the Flower of the Month Club.
1: Never heard of that. I'm one sure before. it exists.
0: I mean, there's a month club for everything, right? So you just
1: get a random flower uh, yeah. mailed yeah. to or you. Maybe or maybe
0: even like seeds. Okay. Right.
1: That you need to plant. So, yep. gar- the gardening. I yeah. got gotcha.
0: you. That would not be cool.
1: No, I, I, I'm, I'm not a green thumb either. So, everything I, I, that I have, I, die, I kill. <laughs> <laughs> Except my kids. They've grown.
0: They've grown. Um, yeah, so there are some month clubs I like. Uh, beer. Beer of the Month yeah. Club. Um, I just, I think I'm just finishing up my sock of the, my sock of the Month Club. Sock of the Month. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, oh, I was like
1: dress socks, dress socks. fancy dress. Yeah, I, okay, that makes not I, I, like a, a crew sock. No, no, no sock of the month.
0: No, not like a pair of white socks, but uh, yeah, dress socks. I'm okay with sock of the Month. Flower of the Month Club. I think I would be out on.
1: Uh, my number two is a barbecue apron. You know, like kiss the chef or something. Oh like yeah, that. it maybe gets used once and then it gets turned into a, a grease rag. Mm. So I mean, we don't need something else that piles up. Once again, dads are messy by nature, and we don't mind.
0: I I've uh, the only one I've really seen is like the Statue of David one. Oh yeah. where you yeah. can see his dong and everything. <laughs>
1: uh, so you like the uh, that one was funny to me. You like the parody aprons? Yeah,
0: yeah, the funny ones. Mm-hmm. I I would never wear it. But uh, maybe a funny gift to give to someone.
1: To to wear it to a party sometime. I've never been given that. Me neither, thankfully. Hmm. I don't wear an apron when I barbecue. I just happen to let let the messes happen. Our wives are listening. (laughs) Uh, My number one is any kind of personal hygiene product. So similar to the way like for Mother's Day where you might give them like a cleaning product or something like that. This mm. is just a no-no for dads. I mean, we don't need to be told that we need to trim our beard or nose hair or ears hair. And again, dad, dads are just messy and hairy by nature. We don't need okay. to be told to do anything different. And we're okay with being hairy, right? So nothing that involves manscaping No, no. Okay. Not as a gift. I mean, I can get that myself. True. I don't want that as a gift to say you need to do something. It's kind of personal, too. Right. You know, you got to find the right...
0: Tools that uh, feel good on your body. That's true. Test them out. That's right. Sounds strange saying that, but my number one worst Father's Day card is a gift card for a vasectomy. (laughs) The irony alone, right? Because it's a Father's Day gift. uh, Right. And now, you know, here's the help to pay for the snip snip. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it's just uh, something that I don't want that day.
1: That's kind of saying in the similar way that you need to trim your nose hair is that you need to you need to do something with down there area, right? Half a million vasectomies performed a year in the United States. Half a million. It's a lot.
0: It's mm. a lot of
1: snips. <laughs> and probably they paid for a full price for them. They didn't get a gift card for them.
0: Yeah, well, they, you know. And they also probably timed them. The the most popular time that they're given March Madness, right? That is correct, March Madness. You get snipped and you sit and watch some hoops. I did. This guy knows. The category we're going to discuss now is the most important songs of all time. Can you think of it? What is going through your brain right now as we discuss the most important songs of all time? Maybe for you it's a, a Beatles song. Maybe it's yeah. Hey Jude.
1: There could be a lot of personal preference in this. I tried to take myself out of it, and I had to do a lot of research for this too, because traditionally I don't listen to a wide variety of songs, right. so I didn't have a broad base to go off of, so I did some research.
0: Yeah, I, I also hit the books for this one. Uh, I, tried, I tried to think like, what for me just symbolizes importance? And so for my number three, I, have, I, I wanted to put the Star Spangled Banner, but then I <laughs> thought, how selfish of me. Yeah. So I didn't. I put any country's national anthem because there's so much pride and importance we don't have a ton of countries in the world but yet pretty much every country has a national anthem and something that uh, they stand up for and and they believe in and they fight for uh, and that to me is almost unmatchable importance some people cry during said national anthem at certain moments so think about the
1: importance if a song can bring you to tears or a lot of people to tears, important. That's probably one of the uh, most frequent songs that you hear. Yeah. You don't really think about this, but every single ball game you've attended. Um, watch television? Big event, yeah, big events that you go to. I mean, the national anthem is played, so it's probably one of the ones that you hear most frequently. Absolutely. And if you don't have it memorized, you're just uh, not a very good patriotic person. <laughs> For <either>. whatever country. <laughs> Even though the Star Spangled Banner is one of the hardest songs to sing, yeah, it's, it's got a pretty wide range. You sang it once. I, I tried. Yeah, attempted to do it. This sing is a at, true at a story. Game.
0: He was asked to sing it and he performed before a game. Yeah, and no I one. heard he did well, but I think it was his own mother that
1: said that. <laughs> so it doesn't really count. Yeah, nothing counts when your mom says you did a good. Well, job. we can
0: open up maybe a different forum for those that attended to see how Jones did when singing the national anthem. <laughs> was it was a little little star squeaky, banner, a
1: little bit squeaky. It was in high school, so the voice kind of went up and down he a little bit. So he was still changing at that age. Yeah. Uh, my number three is The Twist. Oh, so our guy, Chubby Checker. You know, he created it back in 1960. And it was my. The reason why it's so important is because one of the first songs that you could dance to by yourself. Uh-huh. Before then, all the other songs that you wanted to dance, a... you had to dance with somebody and mimic what they did. In this case, you could dance by yourself, and it's one of the first songs to do that. So because Chubby Checker did that, me and you can now live the freelance dance style that we know in the clubs. I like
0: freelance dance style. Mm-hmm. That's a good sentence you just put together. <laughs> but yeah, that did. That, I never thought of it. You know, I, you even think back to like. Um, if you've ever watched this timepiece show or like Old English, every dance is performed with
1: someone. Right.
0: Maybe we should go back to that.
1: You think duets as far as dances need yes. to come back. Ballroom yes. dancing. Yeah,
0: if, like I'm, if I'm a rapper, I want to put out a song that you have to dance with someone else, like some cool <laughs> hip-hop song, but you can't do it by yourself.
1: I think it would, I think it would catch on. That's a good idea. Thank you. <laughs> um, my number two is a little bit more serious. The first one's a kind of lighthearted, but uh, War, back in 1970. So this one was created as What a, is it good for? Yes, yeah, War is it good for, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, this one was created as an anti war, it's a protest song, um, but the reason why it became so big is because it reached number one on the charts. Hmm. So it spread. It had that spread that no other protest song, uh, at least going against the war, it had quite yet. And so that was kind of like the the anthem for those and brought a new audience to uh, that anti war kind of scene.
0: And even now, I think a, a lot of generations still know the song, yep. can sing the song.
1: Got put in a lot of movie soundtracks. That's the reason why it spread. Uh, I mean, I know yeah. it because of Rush Hour.
0: I'm assuming it was in Forrest Gump, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, so like every popular her. big song in that the era 70s, was yeah. in Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm if we're wrong call us out on I mean, a hell i don't freaking know all right uh my number two is the alphabet song
1: abc song it <laughs> is pretty important for development thank you yeah. thank you with we our kids you. at our age that's so there
0: obviously if maybe i'll blow your mind here but the alphabet song basically uh is twinkle twinkle little star uh that's true. now twinkle twinkle little star was written first and it was based on another lullaby that was written by mozart really so the abc song tracks back to basically its composer is mozart hmm nah got gotcha, classical didn't I? music abc gotcha didn't i pretty important song though it's lasted this long but for me um you know history of communication one of the courses that i oft teach. It's um, a good word. Basically the Greeks were popular for making uh, the alphabet kind of sing-songy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this particular song but they wanted uh, the youth and the alphabet and language in general to become more attainable right. uh, to all all sorts of people, uh, all classes of people. So, I would say the alphabet song in general however it was composed but I think this has a lot of history within itself the abc song that we sing number one for me i gotta go with happy birthday I mean, it's not—it's—it's it's, it's the most uh, recognized song, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. It's the most recognized song in the English language. That uh, I would agree with that. So that's not just in America; that's in the English language in general. Now, a huge ruling came down that the uh, the song "Happy Birthday" because now, like, restaurants would sing right. it, but now they made up their their own own, version. own right. versions of songs. Um, but basically, you have to uh, pay a licensing fee if you want to sing it. To uh it's been caught, yeah right? Warner Chappelle Music who owns the rights to Happy mm-hmm. Birthday. They made like the year that that passed. I don't know what year that was. They made like two million dollars <laughs> because people actually paid royalties or were forced to pay royalties. Right to do it. Yeah. Happy Birthday.
1: Happy Birthday. I, that might be the number one song that you hear over, over across your lifetime. Yeah, it no. may not be the Star Spangled Banner. You got to hear be a that. Happy Birthday and how many birthday parties you attend, That's especially true. with your it's own kids. It's gotta be number one. Yeah, it's gotta be number, number one. Number one song you hear. Do you say "And Many More" after Happy Birthday, or you just drop it after the last? Happy I'll birthday? throw
0: in a huge twist for you. Okay. My family actually has it's uh, a different song that we sing after Happy Birthday. Can you sing it for us? I I can. <laughs> How's it go? It, it, it goes, uh, Jesus bids us shine with a clear, pure light, like a little candle burning in the night. In this world of darkness, we must shine. You in your small corner, and I in
1: mine. Nice. So they've always done that. I don't ever know ever the history of this ever song? since you were little. I'll well, have to ask my. Your dad, dad or something I, don't know. <laughs> I i'm not traditionally to sing something after the happy birthday like many more right. or like no, you one, one of one of them yeah those. i'm not but that either. um yeah the, is that a bad thing or a good thing if you sing that afterwards i don't know it could be an annoying thing yeah
0: then many more <laughs>
1: <laughs> um my number one is strange fruit so I'm gonna kill the mood right here with Happy Birthday. <laughs> Strange Fruit, uh, Billie Holiday back in 1939. I'll be honest that I have never heard this song before. Okay. Kanye released his version on Yeezus. So he sampled the song on Yeezus to bring you know the, the, the tone against racism back. So when it came out with Billie Holiday back in 1939, nobody had protested racism before then. This was kind of like the first musical, big-name artist, celebrity in general, to protest against racism. And she did this publicly by calling out what lynching had done, the cruelty to black uh, African-Americans in the country. So this really shed light to those people who may not have heard what was happening in the South yet. Um, so, I, I rank this as number one, uh, not only because of the cultural impact that it had, but also the historical significance, because a lot of people use that in the Civil Rights Movement as one of their theme songs. So, for mine, is Strange Fruit, again, a little darker subject. Than How can I hear that song? That. I have to, is it downloadable? It is downloadable, yes. And also the Kanye version uh, on <laughs> Yeezus. Uh, of Remix. Blood on the leaves. So props to our Facebook follower, Brian Inman, for coming up with this suggestion. This is the best go-to sandwich, as I call it, or sandwich, as the correct English is. Uh, so this is, we need to be specific about this. This is excluding hot dogs, which may or, not, not, may, or may not be a sandwich, and cheeseburgers or hamburgers. Yeah, because right? we could
0: probably do our own rankings of
1: hamburgers and cheeseburgers, right? right? So the we, best one that you have a fast food. We just tried to keep yeah. it
0: into sandwich
1: yeah and mine are personal on the go-to sandwich because I have my own reasons for ranking them the way I did so my number three is a ham egg cheese sandwich now this is ham, a family ham egg and cheese ham egg cheese mm-hmm. yeah. it's a personal favorite because I've always made these ever since I could cook is one of the first things that I learned how to cook and my family loves them it's easy you can make it yeah. in like five minutes yeah. and it's very versatile because you can make it for breakfast lunch or dinner yes. a lot of different textures and it's filling Yes. So those are my reasons why I ranked this, because I not only do I like the taste, but also my family loves it too, and it's quick. So. Ham, egg, cheese. 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 Way to
0: start off with something like that. My number three is the French dip. Ooh. I like the French dip. The French dip uh, actually was not originated in France. It was originated here. Now the guy. Not in, in the United States, not <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm a sucker for a good good dipper, don't get me wrong. Um, but the inventor uh, was French. His name was oh. uh, Philippe Mathieu. And good uh, Thank you, thank you. I've been watching a lot of Women's World Cup in France. <laughs> uh, but yeah, according to the story, he was at a restaurant and he had his... Um, His basically his roast beef Mm. sandwich for a a local police officer who always went there, and he had he dipped it into the roasting pan. He dropped it like he didn't mean to dip it. He dropped it in there, and he picked it out. And the guy was like, "Oh my gosh, can you just give me that side?" Right, and then dipped it in there. Hmm. Boom, we have the French dip.
1: Mm. I love the au jus. I could drink that stuff. The the au jus. The au jus is the judgment of a good French dip, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Right. It's got to have you the know, right spice. It, it can't be too bland. Yeah, it has
0: to have good flavor. Yeah, Otherwise, flavor. It's, it's really not. I, I would have even, so um, Portillo's is one of my favorite restaurants, uh, and they basically have this, but they throw a big sausage in there, too. Ooh. So I, I couldn't put it in there because it, it gets into the hot dog yeah. world We're trying to stay out of. <laughs> right, know. yeah. But uh, they called we'll out the over. combo dipped. That's mm. how I do it there. But number two for me, I, I'm I'm soft when it comes to any chicken parm sandwich. <laughs> I have to have it. I don't, I'm if it's a, on the
1: menu. You got to order it's it. It's the
0: closest to eating pasta on a sandwich I feel like I can get to. <laughs> right. So I, I'm I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna get the chicken parm sandwich and and try it out. Um, it was uh, originally it, it rumored to come from Parma, Italy. Uh, so there's, and the Italians argue if it was that or more yeah. s- southern Italy, but for me it's like pasta on a sandwich, so I'm getting it.
1: What makes a good chicken Parmesan sandwich? Is it a chicken the chicken or the is sauce. it the sauce? It's the, it's sauce, the sauce,
0: and I I, I love a, a good provolone on there too. Do
1: mm-hmm. you put Parmesan cheese on top of I it? I would. Just to add I'm more not scared. Yeah.
0: On top of yeah, it, I'd put Parm on Parm.
1: <laughs> I agree. I agree with both your selections so far, but they're pretty classy. Thank you. I'm going to go trailer trash on my next one. My number two is peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh, standby. It's the first sandwich that you ever have. It kind of grows on you like a birthmark. You have it forever um, and it's like dessert and a meal all in one. You feel like you're a little cheat in the system. Are your birthmarks supposed to grow? I don't know. It's a <laughs> no, good question. Dude, they shrink. I don't know. I think they would grow. Your skin grows, right? I think it grows. <laughs> so yes, peanut butter and jelly birthmark. Um, it was actually the first recipe for peanut butter and jelly was found in 1901 in the Boston Cooking School magazine. We'll trigger it for you. That's pretty deep. That well, seems like it should have existed before a that, It should have existed before that. A lot of things existed before they were documented.
0: That's, That's the true. problem. Yeah. Historians.
1: Oral history instead of written. Word of
0: mouth that doesn't have as much trust, but PB&J. PB&J, you think, is like as old as the world, right? Have you ever messed it up? Do you put anything on there? Do you experiment with your PB&J? Yeah,
1: a lot of people use raspberry jam instead of grape. Like, oh, what are you
0: doing? I mean, like, some people put pickles. Some people Ugh. put no uh, I, I cheese. I, I Keep it simple. In my household, I don't know why, once again, this wasn't me growing up, but um, mayonnaise would slide in there. Oh,
1: my God. That and just ruins us. And it now works. I like that. <laughs> I mean, I don't do it anymore, but I would eat it if it was on there. Even if you put crunchy peanut butter on a PB&J, I think you're doing it wrong. Wow. It's got to be creamy peanut butter and grape jelly. I'm very specific about it. Grape what, jelly? What, yeah, grape jelly. can be raspberry. I respect that. I respect yeah. that. You your um, favorites. My number one is even simpler. Is it more country? It's more, oh, maybe. Ham and cheese. Ham and cheese is the most versatile what number, sandwich. What was your is. number three? Ham, ham and, egg and cheese? cheese? Ham egg and cheese, yes. He, he really got crazy on this <laughs> list, folks. He went ham, egg, and cheese, but ham and cheese, that's a lot different. Ham and cheese is so simple to make, but you also can class it up if you want, like a Gouda with your smoked ham, if you want to class it. But it's versatile because you can have it hot or cold. Make it any way you want. So you can add your mayo, you can add pickles, you can add mustard. Grill. Uh, you can grill it. The grilled uh, grilled cheese with your ham again adds a little bit of class. So for me, ham and cheese is one of those things I can eat over and over and over again and never get tired of it. That's the reason why it's number one on my list. Is because I've had thousands of ham and cheese sandwiches in my lifetime. I still love them. What do you think our our listeners
0: and our viewers will will they have grilled cheese on theirs sort or of grilled ham and cheese? Because it's, it's a pretty classic, right, go to sandwich.
1: sandwich, right? Huh. I don't, so yeah, I, I, don't of have, I don't have it all You went back to your roots. I kind of it Yeah, I don't have often. Do you but, have grilled cheese often? Yeah. You have ham and cheese more than you have grilled cheese. If I have ham, I'm putting it on my grilled cheese. Okay. Without question. Hmm. See, I, I'm, I just like my ham and cheese.
0: I can have it cold. My number one, it, it, I'm going right down Jones Avenue, people. It's a breakfast sandwich. I love breakfast sandwich. You toast the bread, mm-hmm. you put your egg on there, you put your ham, your bacon. I put, stay with me, folks a little butter on the on the toast, and, right. I, and I let it sit, and then I put the mayo on there. you got mayo and everything. No, I do, and I, I put lettuce on there, a tomato, I don't care. Just give me a big breakfast sandwich, that's one of my main go-tos.
1: So you like bacon rather than sausage?
0: Oh yeah, I don't I don't put a lot of sausage on a breakfast sandwich. Sometimes, but uh, bacon's easier for me to cook.
1: I think bacon would be the more popular choice too. Yeah. So you do two types of uh, pig. You do ham and bacon yep. on it. Yep. Two types of meat. But the egg is is key. Okay. You know, the egg is key. Not the cheese. I mean, that's gonna be on there too. <laughs> I'm telling you guys. Breakfast sandwich. That's my go-to. Can you have it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? I always do. Maybe I need a snack anytime. too. Anytime.
0: Yeah. yeah. Did you know you could you I just started doing this. Okay. And I saw it on Facebook. I think he's he's chimed into the show a few times, Shane Reese, Mm -hmm. Uh, but he gave a little tip on there on how he bakes his eggs. Bake it. Yeah.
1: In a microwave or in the oven? In
0: the oven. So he took his like cookie sheet, he cracked like five eggs on there, put Mm -hmm. them in the oven like 425 for about six or seven minutes. They came out, the yolks kind of cooked, looks like an egg. We we took those babies and put them on sandwiches. Quickest way to do it and cleanest.
1: Yeah, it's. Flat. You ever so done that? I've never done that. I've cooked it in a microwave before. You put it in like a coffee mug and you microwave it. Cooked an egg like that, but never in the oven. In the oven. Smart. Who knew? Kitchen hack.